So today I'm going to do something a little different. I have a, a habit, good or bad, I'm not going to put context to it, of having a very similar type of guest on my podcast. We generally have marketers, entrepreneurs, executives. But the one thing that I've really started to notice as I have all these different conversations, there's other common threads that exist besides the kind of work people do. And it's really more about how we think, how we operate, how we communicate, how we try and grow, both as individuals and part of a team. I've been connected to my guest today virtually for quite some time. And it wasn't until a number of weeks ago that we had our first still sort of virtual, but real live, in real life interaction. Cindy Waller is with me today. Cindy is a leadership consultant, someone I've never had the privilege of of working with directly, but through my network and through the things that I've seen her post and contribute to the ecosystem, I'm like, one day I have to have Cindy on the podcast. Well, today is all of our lucky days. She is a contributor to Forbes, to Huffington Post, CNN. Uh, She's written a book, 20 Effective Habits for Mastery at Work. It's a great word, mastery. Consulting to CEOs, boards, EVPs, really all about how we get the most out of ourselves. And I'll let Cindy talk a little bit more directly, but Cindy, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Corby. And an absolute pleasure to be here. And I'm delighted, as you say, that finally we're chatting directly with one another as we followed each other over our careers. So maybe you can do a, a better job than I did, but what what is the brief elevator pitch of who you are? So I help leaders do get better, better. And so my background is around um, helping elevate talent, building the talent pipeline, building succession. And primarily I work with two groups of employees. So those who are deemed as emerging leaders or high potentials and aspire to be executive ranks, and as well as those who are already at executive level and need to enhance some of their leadership skills. And it's usually around partnering, stakeholdering, how to build alignment. I'm sure the question that I want to ask, but I won't ask is something like, so who's who's the worst you've ever had to deal with and help them get out of the bottom? But we, we won't go there. I, I think that... You can if you like. No. <laughs> you can if you like. <laughs> I, I, think, I invite you, now that you tease me. Okay, let's ask it. I mean, and maybe it's not an individual, but it's a type of role or a personality. Where, where are the challenges? I think the challenges are twofold. For those individuals who lack self-awareness and have a very different perception of themselves than everybody else. So they have a leadership brand. And when we talk about leadership brand, it's not about what you think of yourself. It's how everybody else thinks of you. So what do people say about you when you're not in the room? So for those individuals who have limited self-awareness, those um, types of clients are challenging because how do you create self-awareness in a way that's not threatening? And then probably the other group is those who are narcissistic, highly arrogant, love their reflection, and think that they are the smartest person in the room. Those are also very difficult scenarios because they're usually not open to feedback and are threatened. And I did have one client who said to me on our very first meeting, Cindy, if it's anybody who should be coaching anybody, it's I should be coaching you. And so this was within the first probably five minutes of our meet and greet. And um, needless to say, I went back to the executive sponsor and I thought, maybe this is not the best investment of your coaching dollars. It's interesting to think about the correlation. Often the concept of power in people's positions, meaning they're the ones that 
feel that they can make the decision often comes with that notion of maybe a lack of the self-awareness of how other people might actually perceive them. Is that something that you see common? Yes, it is common, Corby. You're right. And, you know, successful leaders all have, I think, a number of attributes. And one of them is to have a sense of humility and humbleness to be able to say that I don't have all the answers, that I've made mistakes, that I am human, I'm vulnerable, and I try to surround myself with people who teach me as well. So let's take it a little bit beyond the individual. One of the things that I talk about quite often in my interviews on the podcast is really that as leaders, it's it's really easy for us to focus on the things that aren't working. So in our business, whether it's culture, results, uh, our team, the organization itself, we tend to, in my opinion anyway, put all of our, or a lot of our focus in terms of resource availability, so people, time, money, against fixing things that aren't really working. And the risk in that is that you forget about the notion of continuous improvement. And whether that's, again, uh, evolving your own leadership skills because you're focusing on fixing that things that other people are actually willing to tell you are, are problems with your leadership, whether it's simply thinking about things in your job and the things that are going to get you the biggest bonus at the end of the year, you're going to naturally tend to try and resolve the things that are going to fix those kinds of gaps. But when we when we take our eye off of the continuous improvement cycle, sometimes we risk getting leapfrogged or passed over by competitors, by other team members, by by really anyone. Let, let's talk about that at the individual level. Does that kind of concept exist when you talk about personal development? Because, you know, one of the things that that I often face, and we'll talk about it a little more based on our conversation of of this imposter syndrome, I think to myself, well, well, hold on, is is that or is there something else? Or is there someone else? Or is there some factor I can't see that's holding me back? How do I fix myself? How do you associate the individual growth to this notion of focusing on continuous improvement? Wow, what a great question. I'm not sure I've even been asked that question before, Corby. So thank you for that. And I think, first off, if we look at, at not the entire employee population, but a majority of the employees are high achievers in the first place. And so we are hard on ourselves and the bar is set high, whether it's through our managing sponsors, whether it's through executives that we're accountable to or our manager. And so we are thinking about how do I make a contribution? Am I good enough? Am I, as you say, going to be recognized? Will I get the bonus, the comp that I deserve? Will I get the promotion? And how will I stand out and make a difference? Because we talk about what it means to work hard. And I would say that most people work hard. So how do you differentiate yourself? And so, as you suggest, it's about how do I add value? And it may be about not necessarily only fixing things that are broken, but at least how do I improve, enhance? So that other term that I used, which I think people throw around these days quite easily, is this this concept of imposter syndrome. You're an expert, I guess, in that area. How do you define it that all of us can understand? So it means that people who suffer from imposter syndrome have feelings of self-doubt. So there's a lot of negative self-talk. And anytime there's success, they've been given a, a promotion, a raise, a compliment, great job, then they always externalize it. They'll say to themselves, it's due to luck, or I had a a boss who was really nice, or a colleague just kind of likes me, as opposed to ascribing it to your own smarts, talent, and um, expertise that you have. And so 
imposters feel that they're not deserving of this of the success that they have. They're always second guessing it. And it's due to somebody else's reason that they're successful. I would say that most of the population at any given time in their career as at some point have suffered from imposter syndrome. So it's not, it's gender neutral. It's amongst both men and women at various point in your, in your lifetime. And it's about recognizing that, um, how do you own your wins and how do you take accountability for some of the very positive things that you value and that people value you for? Does that concept of owning your wins in any capacity conflict with what we just spoke about before, which was the notion of humility? How, how do you coach people through balancing that you know, self-affirmation and, and positive reinforcement of oneself and one's success, but doing it in a way that still maintains a level of humility to your point about, you know, good leaders. I think there are very few geniuses in the world. So as long as you don't see yourself as a genius and exceptional and extraordinary, but see yourself as somebody who's earnest with intent and that you yourself didn't do this by yourself. So I don't believe that any single human is successful all by themselves. It has to do with being able to take feedback, pivot, um, dust yourself off when you fall down. And it's by surrounding yourself with equally talented people who are attribute your success in a collective way. It's funny when I interview people, I often count the number of times in a 30 minute conversation that the term I is brought up as singular and I think that goes along with what you were just saying. There is no real individual who can do everything on their own, right? There's always some semblance of team, whether it's a permanent team, a project team, a vendor, even family at home that allows one to to get things done. Uh, so I, I think that's an interesting correlation. To continue down that theme, though, you know, outside of having that balance of humility, but you know, confidence to own your wins the way you say, I think there's this other notion that we talked about before that really comes down to having other people being willing to put their own neck on the line to celebrate your wins. And and I've always referred to that as advocacy or having an advocate inside of a, an organization or in your ecosystem, whether that's at a particular company or a vertical or an industry or, or whatever you're doing to, to sort of earn a living. What's the difference between that term of an advocate and maybe what a lot of organizations do by setting up internal mentor programs, right? Hey, we'll, we'll match you up and we'll, we'll get you a mentor and we'll do reverse mentoring. But I never hear the word advocate inside a company. Maybe give everyone a little definition of what that means. A terrific question. And you're right. There's a lot of confusion around the difference. So a mentor is somebody that's going to likely help you with a certain skill set that you want to achieve, whether it's presentation skills, whether it's uh, your executive presence, whereas an advocate, as you correctly said, Corby, is somebody that's willing to risk their own reputation, uh, their own career by actually putting a name forward and saying this individual for example, Corby Fine should be considered for a promotion or should be considered for uh, a larger scope because I believe that he has the right talent and the right abilities to do it. So by risking your own reputation, you actually promote that person in a very um, specific and pointed way around why you feel that that individual is deserving 
of a new role, an expanded role, a more senior role. And I strongly believe that in any organization, regardless of the industry you're in, it's critical to have an advocate. If you don't have an advocate, then you probably are more invisible and you are you indirectly marginalize yourself. You need somebody at the table who is willing to be that voice. So how does one find their advocate inside of a large, complex, living organization? Terrific question. So first off, I think it's important to look at the track record of managers, of leaders, of bosses, who actually has a track record of getting their employees or their other employees, doesn't have to be their direct report, around creating visibility, around creating a profile. So who's, who does that? Who, as you say, go we go back to the point around has humility and is able to say it's a team win, it's this individual's win. I was just there to help steward the team or the ship. And then as an employee, you do need to be vocal and connect with that individual and say that I'm looking for an advocate. How can we set up this relationship? How can I demonstrate to you that I'm deserving of having you as my advocate? And maybe as an employee, you volunteer to be on a project or a committee so that you have some visibility and some known quantity to that potential advocate. Yeah, it's great advice. And I always tell people, you know, think about, to your point, where are the teams that have leaders that ultimately are the feeding ground of talent, of top talent into the rest of the organization? And and I think the thing that people forget, it's not always about upward momentum. It's often about sideways momentum. And how do people get recognized? It's not always with a promotion. It's with an opportunity to take their skills, knowledge, and, and adaptability, and then apply it to maybe another area of the organization that needs differentiated thinking or modernization. So uh, I don't know if that's something you've seen as well, but, but you know, does, does lateral movement in and of itself also show that that leader is actually someone who's good at sourcing talent, bringing in, you know, the right kinds of people? Is that something that, that makes sense as well? Yes, Corby, and I think you're spot on. And so you're right. A lot of times people resist the lateral transfer because it's not going upwards, but it is your ability to be able to showcase your skills, that they're transferable, they're not subject matter specific, that you can apply these skills to other areas. And again, then you attract more champions um, and more colleagues and peers who know you, know your work. Got it. So you are an experienced leader. You've advised, as we mentioned earlier, you know, just so many others and different types of organizations at different levels. You've spoken and engaged on all kinds of topics. Some we've talked about today, but others, uh, attracting top talent, empowering women, uh, leading remote teams, really a, a gamut of things that organizations face. So for my listeners, what are the hot topics that your current clients are, are, are engaging you about? Like what is happening in 2023 through these uncertain economic times that are at the top of the list of organizational concerns? One is um, emotional well-being. So how we need to pay attention to the fact, to use your term, that employees come from an ecosystem of family, personal scenarios, and that Great managers should be hired for their ability to have empathy. And so in the old days, we would ask employees to leave their problems 
at the front door. And it sounds bizarre for me to even repeat that, um, because how can we do that? Nor should we do that. So whether you're a single parent, whether you have little children, whether you have aging parents, health problems, other challenges, we need our managers to understand that there are times we're not performing at our best. And how do we support individuals around balancing some of those stressors? So that's one top thing. The other continues to be around partnering and stakeholdering. How do you take diverse individuals with strong egos and create alignment around a common goal? And then I think the third is around leadership brand. How can you combine, as we talked, the need to be humble, but with also being able to promote yourself so that you do get recognized for the efforts or the or how you differentiate yourself in the workplace the the last question is really more about the kind of skills that you bring as an outsider to the inside of an organization as an organizational psychologist ultimately it's something that i haven't seen as a let's say a, a fixed permanent uh, function or role within within a company are you seeing that change are you seeing tied to things like emotional concern and empathy and and some of the topics we talked about are companies now more willing to consider these kinds of roles the kinds of skills that you bring as permanent assets within the HR organization or do you still see it as a external skill set that'll be brought in on a, on a more on demand as needed basis it would be great and hopefully we are moving in a direction where there is internal uh, resources that are permanent as you suggest at the moment I'm pretty sure it's still external. Having said that, I do have the the good fortune of having very long-standing relationships with the organization clients that I have. So that is something that permeates as long as you I continue to be seen as adding value and making a difference. That's great. And so if anybody was interested in getting in touch, what's the best way to to get you as a as a potential supporter of their organization? So very easily, Cindy Waller, C-I-N-D-Y-W-A-H-L-E-R.com. Easy peasy. Um, Cindy, I'm not going to go through the whole bio again, but again, as a leading organizational psychologist dealing with a wide range of topics, helping CEOs and boards and leaders across the board, really in any industry, get through some of these challenges. Uh, thank you for sharing some time with me. Thank you for reminding me that it's okay to have imposter syndrome because we all do at some point and some tips and tricks on, on working through that and looking for uh, my next advocate. I really appreciate you being with me today. Absolutely. It was very enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.